Hello, doll friends, and welcome to the 24th episode of Breaching Extinction. I know it's been a minute since we've released something, but we're getting back on track. Obviously, life has thrown some curveballs at everybody, so we hope you guys are all handling the virus well and that you're able to keep yourselves safe and um, in a good mindset and hope you guys are staying healthy. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give you guys a couple updates before we get started. Um, so with our episodes, we're going to kind of be putting those on hold and making a couple changes just with the pandemic and Ellie moving. It's a little bit too much right now. So um, I know some of you guys have asked about that. So we just wanted to fill you in and let you guys know that we'll, I have some people that are going to be doing um, kind of some substituting in for her this week. Um, and then we'll kind of see what goes on from there. Um, but again, we hope you guys are doing well and um, staying busy and remaining hopeful. Uh, but for this week's um, episode, I talked to Heather Green. Um, so she um, got a master's degree from Pacifica Graduate Institute in um, California in psychology, and she got her undergrad at Clark College in nursing. So essentially, she just kind of had a background in um, different types of work healing, but is now an intuitive animal healer. So she's got a really unique perspective Um And I'm really excited about this episode because she has a lot of cool, interesting ideas for us to chew on. Um, And now that a lot of us have more time to do some thinking, it's a good time to listen to this. So hope you guys enjoy it. Awesome. So this week I'm going to be chatting with Heather Green. So I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, good. Well, I'm Heather Green. Thanks for having me, Erica. It's good to be here. And um, I think you wanted me to introduce myself first. Yes. Just give us like a little bit about your background and kind of what you do, how you got into the work that you do. um, And you can keep it as brief or expand as much as you'd like to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm an intuitive channel and energy healer, and I work with humans and animals. And I've been doing it for about 10 years. And let's see, how did I get started? Well, I originally was a nurse and a counselor, and it was the connection that I had with horses that got me started. So I began with dreams about horses, and and those dreams led me to explore, you know, what it was that the horses wanted to share with me and, and that strong draw that I had to them, that attraction. And from there, basically, um, experientially playing with them, um, doing energy work with them, I was able to open up even more my intuitive abilities. I always considered myself intuitive, but it wasn't until I started playing with them back in 2007 that my intuitive abilities really um, blasted open. And I I realized that I had information about you know, their lives, what had happened to them, how they were feeling. And I realized I had that gift to offer. So it was from there that I decided to do this kind of work um, more on a professional level. Of course, it took years of, you know, practicing and before I was there. But that in a nutshell is how I got into doing it. So and I really love what I do. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So a lot of the interviews that we've done, it's been with like um, scientists, photographers, documentary makers. So Um, You're like the first person that has like a spiritual type background, if that's what we want to call it. Um, And I'm really excited about that because it's not something that's readily explored, I think, in the scientific community. And, um, you know, just because that we're kind of encouraged not to um, 
kind of weigh in on those like spiritual or emotional elements. So I want to bring this kind of to the forefront so that, you know, cause a lot of people make their decisions based off of spirituality. Um, so I'm really excited to, to hear what you have to say, especially since you're so connected to animals. So, um, why do you think that it's important to explore spiritual, um, spirituality and emotions? Like when it comes to working with animals? Well, we all know that feeling well includes physical, emotional, and spiritual levels of our being. So for me, to me, exploring emotional elements in animals helps us understand them better, and help, which then in turn helps us to help them. And I think also understanding animals' emotions helps us understand ourselves because we're emotional beings as well. So it goes both ways, you know, and in understanding and helping them and then encouraging in our connection to them and then in turn helping ourselves. But as far as spirituality goes, I think it helps us to see them from more than just a physical level, that they're beyond the identity that we tend to place on them. And especially for domesticated animals, I believe they have a soul's purpose and a destiny or calling just like we do. And so if we can understand and look at these different elements, it brings more of a depth to the connection and the way they live and the way we understand them and how we can be more in harmony with all animals in the nature kingdom as a whole, I think. That's awesome. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, um, you know, I do just want to like bring up for our listeners because a lot of people do come from a science background and it's it's really a privilege to to have that kind of training given that only like seven percent of the population can have a degree or, or training in science um, and that's around the world so most people you know from around the world they develop their conclusions about animals based on science and a lot of or um, spirituality as opposed to science um, right. and so I think weighing in on these both of these elements is crucial to painting the big picture because this is a you know a reality for most people and there's even science that backs up that spirituality is a core like foundation in being a whole person and um you know that's ultimately what we want to be so when we're denying you know spirituality or something like that you know you're denying a part of reality and you're not seeing the whole picture so I'm you know I'm really excited for this conversation because I think it might give us a bigger picture Um, So do you have any thoughts on um, kind of the posed duality between science and spirituality? Well, actually, I think they can be Mm complementary, science and spirituality. You know, science tends to emphasize more logic, the physical, what can be proven, right? Mm -hmm. And spirituality tends to address more of the intuitive aspects, the non-physical parts, and the mysterious, you Mm -hmm. know, and we can't always prove all of that. But I think both are important for balance in our lives and our world right now. You know, think about it, the logic and the illogical. We have to look at that feminine, masculine. It's kind of like the opposites. Mm-hmm. So I think they're both important. They, they play an important ro- role, you know, and whether you see us as spiritual beings having a f- human experience or human beings having a spiritual experience, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of um, it's kind of taking into consideration all the aspects. So, yeah, I mean, I think I understand why there's differences, but I think if we can come together, we can really create something much bigger if we can embrace both sides. Yes, I agree. And I definitely have found um, spirituality can kind of open you up to different possibilities you wouldn't consider in science that can even further your scientific investigation, you know? Um, So why do you think it's important that humans remain connected to nature? 
Well, that has to do with our human aspect. So it helps us to remember our roots, I would say, like that human part of us, the physical part of us that comes from Earth, actually. Mm -hmm. We forget that that's such a big part of us because we use our brain so much. Um, But that's, you know, our roots. So when we can bring ourselves back in connection with nature, we stay balanced and healthy we're authentic and true to ourselves and we become more aware. So it just, you know, it helps us move out of our minds more into our hearts. And that's something that's happening now. As many people know, we're having a big shift in our consciousness on the planet. And and that's becoming more visible these days with all the change. And it is more about moving into a heart-centered way of being and embracing even our more of our feminine side. And so I think the earth really helps us to do that. The earth is, a, I feel, a female mm-hmm. <laughs> um, planet and helps us really open up to all those feminine ways. So the more that we can spend, you know, outdoors and reconnecting, the more we feel that love and nurturance that's always available to us that's so balancing on so many levels. And yeah, I think that's important. And again, not only understanding our connection to earth and in, uh, in our connection to animals, but all other humans. So this is part of what we're, we're moving towards in this more unity-based consciousness, which mm-hmm. is about embracing all, everyone. You Absolutely. Know? And that's, that's so important. And that's kind of, you know, one of the things that we've had a theme in this podcast of trying to, you know, get people to recognize the importance specifically of the Southern resident killer whales. Um, Because we are so connected to animals. Um, But we've seen a lot throughout our cultures and other cultures that people are really drawn to whales and dolphins. Why do you think that is? Yeah. Oh, gosh. How can you not love them? I know, right? (laughs) Um, Well, you know, I just think that the whale and dolphin have a higher consciousness or as a collective, their, their higher consciousness brings in a lot of the... Um, vibrational frequencies like joy, love, peace, and freedom. So when we're around them, we just naturally, we are uplifted. Mm. We rise into those vibrations. So when you think about, you know, what you do, Erica, on the Mm -hmm. boats, and you see all these people come on and they move into joy, like they're so excited to see the dolphins and or whales. And when they show up, they just light up into joy or the sense of peace or awe that's part of what they're radiating you know they're carrying that energy and it it is an uplifting energy and I do think it can help guide us during this time there's more to it than that but I'm sure we'll get to it in other questions that you're going to ask but that's a big part of what I think they bring absolutely I always like when people ask me what my favorite part of my job is I love educating people I love seeing whales but my favorite thing is seeing people see whales for the first time and how excited they get that's yeah. like that's one of like the best feelings I think in the world is seeing somebody get that overjoyed about an animal. Yep. Yep. Uh, so you have a book. It's called For the Love of Horses. I highly recommend people read it. It's very eye-opening. Um, but there was um, on page ninety-three, you had talked about um, the Earth not having an emotional attachment to humans the same way that humans do to animals. Um, And yet there's like a collective human energy that contributes to energetic imbalances in concentrated parts of the world resulting in natural disasters or pollution. Do you think these energetic imbalances are a symptom of unhealthy or toxic cultures um, that could be eliminated through individual or collective healing? Well, it's a good question. Well, first, I want to say there are a number of reasons that I believe are that are causes of the natural disasters, pollution and energetic imbalances. So related to the earth, that is. 
some of it is connected to our actions for mm-hmm. sure the way we live as humans you know the things that we're, we're thoughtless about like littering and polluting you know throwing mm-hmm. things in the water whatnot um some of it comes from climate change and of course climate change there's a lot of reasons behind that let's not go there right right <laughs> that's a yeah. whole other question And then there's other causes that have to do with Earth going through her ascension process, which is what I call the ascension process is her moving into a lighter density. And it's something we're all doing, too, at this time. We're we're raising up and we're becoming lighter on all levels, physically, emotionally, mentally and spiritually. So that's part of the reason for all of that. But at the same time, I do think we each influence the greater whole. So yes, each of us in our individual healing leads to a greater collective healing, you know, that we influence every human we come in contact with, which is all the humans eventually on the planet as a whole. And thus that benefits the world we live in, of course, the earth, because we're all on the earth. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I will say it's definitely a factor, but there's a lot of factors there that we can consider. But I definitely think that we are in that process right now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this time that we're in now, that's why I was so shocking with all mm-hmm. the changes suddenly in our, our reality. People are starting to go inward and think about themselves more and really look at what's going on inside and how they feel mm-hmm. and how does that relate to every person they come in contact with and the animals and the nature kingdom. You know, we're considering all of that now. So it's starting. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think with the whole coronavirus going around and everything, it's a good opportunity for a lot of people to reflect. And I'm kind of hoping that after this, um, people, you know, think about what life's really about because it's so easy to get caught in a routine. And, you know, remember that we need to be connected to each other and the planet. And those things are important at the end of the day. But I totally agree. I think, you know, hopefully there will be some changes after this and people will kind of see that. Um, so what role do you think whales and nature play in healing and vice versa? Well, I would say the biggest thing they do is role model it to us. Mm -hmm. Like what you witness on the boats. It's as simple as that. They are in their higher consciousness is in those higher vibrations, that joy, that love, peace, And I think freedom, because when you think especially of whales and dolphins, they're out in the ocean, they're free, you know, Mm -hmm. they live free. Um, They're the ones that you know, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, the the ones that are not held captive somewhere, you know, Mm -hmm. and aren't entertaining somebody somewhere. And so just in having that experience, they are showing us the way. They feel that way. They're role modeling that. And it gives us the chance to do the same. So I think that's how they can help us, I guess you could say, heal Mm -hmm. or even just move into a higher frequency. Mm -hmm. You know, those higher vibrations of joy and love and freedom, that's at a higher frequency. and We can all move into that. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, our actions, like kind of like we just talked about in the last question, the more that we shift our consciousness Mm -hmm. and start to become aware and make changes together as a collective that then affect our global and earthly realities then they're going to start to feel the difference of that. And that's going to affect them probably more on a physical level, how they live, how the water, whether the waters are clean, are they Mm -hmm. able to get enough food, you know, and those kind of things. So, yeah, I think it goes both ways. And we're both, we are actually doing this together. You know, Um, when you think of the collective, we tend to think of it as the humans, right? Mm -hmm. 
but it also includes the animals and all of the all of the animals, domesticated and wild, and the nature kingdom. We're all like Earth. We're all doing this together. We're evolving our consciousness. We're shifting. We're we're rising up in those higher frequencies. So we can help each other by doing our own work. And when one species does it, so does the other, mm-hmm. and the other benefits at the same time. Absolutely. And of course, there's practical ways to do healing too. If for humans that want to help animals, there's energy healing, lots of different kinds of healing mm-hmm. out there. You know, we can explore that. Um, theta healing, you know, crystalline consciousness, all kinds of different things um, for people who want to do more one-on-one stuff. But I'm, I guess I'm talking more about just the broad, how, how it is that we show up in our reality and that and alone is, is powerful healing. Yeah, absolutely. That kind of posed uh, another question for me. You're saying, you know, we can kind of have an impact on healing the whales. And there's a lot of um, science to back that the whales that have been in captivity um, are essentially traumatized just because they're not like in their normal groups um, because, you know, the whales and dolphins hang out in family groups. Do like, do you think that those whales, if released, you know, that they could heal or that, you know, they could essentially get back to a normal physical life, I guess? Yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't believe that the animals should be taken out of the wild. Mm-hmm. I think the wild should stay in the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, once once an animal's domesticated, of course, I'm more familiar with horses. Mm-hmm. You know, when they become domesticated, then it is our responsibility, I believe, to care for them. Mm-hmm. Because once they get used to living that kind of lifestyle where we're caring for them, they wouldn't know how to be in the wild again, after, you know, depending on how many years go by. Right. You know, but especially if you think of older horses, like mm-hmm. when I had my horses, they were, they were up there in age. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's no way they could have lived in the wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they, they don't remember how to do that. And so with whale and dolphin, it could be similar. And I don't know how long they would have to be out of the wild before they could no longer go back because it would be too hard maybe Mm -hmm. for them to like get back in that lifestyle. Either they wouldn't know it. Maybe if they were taken out really young and spent many years in captivity, Mm -hmm. I think it would be hard for them because they don't know that. So really, I just think it's a strong emphasis for us to not um, mess with the wild, leave them Leave them in the wild. Let them interact with us if they want to. Yes. Right? Let them make that choice. And some of them do. You know, that's what we see. I always kind of joke on the whale boats um, when telling people about, like, the Marine Mail Protection Act and things. You know, I'm like, you know, the law says that we're not allowed to harass them, but it doesn't say they're not allowed to harass us. And sometimes they do. Like, you know, there are, we do get the friendly whales. And like, of course, during those times, you want to make sure you're practicing safe boating, you know, but um, like, it seems as though they want to connect with us as well. Like there are some that have that mutual curiosity. Right. Absolutely. And, and they do, I I do feel as a collective, they want to connect with us Mm -hmm. and they'll do it on their own terms. And really that should be how it is for all animals, Mm -hmm. you know, and our cats and dogs, do we want to force them to be doing things they don't want to do? I mean, you know, of course we want to look out for their well being, but we also want to give them their freedom. And I think that's kind of happening across the board with all animals more and more that we are considering them as individual empowered beings that may have their own, you know, right to their own way of living. And and are we in honor of that, whether Mm -hmm. they're in our lives directly as domesticated or whether out in the wild, Mm -hmm. um, 
but I love the fact that with whales and dolphins, they're very curious about us. Mm-hmm. And, and just as much as we're, we are about them mm-hmm. on more of an animal species level. And then of course the higher consciousness is pretty incredible. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, whales are one of the only animals that we can definitively say are conscious just because they're conscious breathers. Do you think, yeah. you know, they're more conscious than us? Or do you think that that kind of contributes to maybe why people feel so connected to them? Hmm. That's a good question. Hard to say. Mm-hmm. I definitely think they hold a higher consciousness mm-hmm. for a wild species group. You mm-hmm. know, when I think about the ones in the wild, um, but, but wild animals in general, you know, are more viewed from that collective standpoint. And because they're able to live in their more natural way of being, they're able to let more of that shine through than maybe a domesticated animal that now has been, has been, how can I say, influenced to do what they, what they have to do for us. Mm -hmm. You know, we might influence how they live or say, okay, if you want to be happy, you got to do this for me and then, Mm -hmm. and then I'll give you what you want that's not really a free lifestyle where their true essence can shine through uh, much more easily where I think the whales and dolphins in the wild, because they live, you know, such a natural lifestyle, it's easier for them to be doing that. And maybe other wild animals too. Although there's a lot of other wild animals like Mm -hmm. horses that are having difficulty because we're, we're taking them out of the wild. So, um, yeah, I just think they, they bring such a magic and they, and they bring an energy um, through that comes from other dimensions, higher dimensions. Mm-hmm. And that could be really beneficial to us in, in the evolving of our consciousness. And you're probably going to ask a little more about that, too. Yes. <laughs> other questions. Yes, definitely. Um, so I think, like, you say that you have, like, a connection to whales and other animals. Um do you want to tell us like kind of how you do that and like what you think we can learn from them and whales specifically? Well, I would say my connection to all animals. I mean, it started with the horses, of course, in my mm-hmm. journey. And that's what my book's about. I've always been an animal lover, mm-hmm. you know, but the horses really woke me up to, wow, it's like a mirror. Mm-hmm. They're, they're really mirroring to us how similar they are, mm-hmm. that we're all souls in a body having an experience, mm-hmm. you know, in, in whatever container we happen to be in whether it's human a horse a Mm -hmm. dog whatever it may be so um you know I I just connect through the heart that way Mm -hmm. and you know to them just as I would another human Mm -hmm. and with horses especially I think they have such a way that helps us go easily into our hearts speaking Mm -hmm. of hearts they role model us how to do this, to move out of our heads and to remain more heart-centered, which is kind of where we're headed as we're moving into this higher level of consciousness, this fifth-dimensional consciousness, which is about embracing the feminine side, generally that feminine principle, the intuition, um, the relationship, unity, collaboration, all of those qualities. It still acknowledges all of the masculine. It's mm-hmm. just saying, hey, we've undervalued the feminine for too long. Now we need to recognize it and we need to give it its place. So I think horses do such a great job because they're more they're more living from their heart stance mm-hmm. rather than their cognitive. And so they help us to do the same because as humans, we can be pretty brainy. You know, yeah. it's really to just be in our heads and be thinking all the time. But that's horses. Now with whales, again, like I said, I feel like they bring in a lot of higher dimensional energy, information from other star systems to help us with our ascension process, because this is something we've never done before where mm-hmm. we're, 
we're lightening up on all levels and raising into a higher, higher vibration, higher dimension. And so they know the way when they access these energies, they can bring this energy through and information in a way that we can understand. We'll get it in our own way just Mm -hmm. through being around them. And they show us how, even how to create a reality we want instead of trying to go back and fix something or change what isn't working. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one thing about the higher consciousness. It really looks at what do we want to do differently? What's new? What should, where should we put our focus? Mm -hmm. And I think the the whales and dolphins really kind of point us in that direction instead of looking back at what didn't happen or whatever fell away, Mm -hmm. really teaching us how to let go and start fresh. And that's such a reflection reflective um, quality of the time we're living in now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> with the virus and everything. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with you. And, you know, if some of our listeners are not as familiar with whales being able to move on, you saying that made me think of kind of like the gray whales. So there's gray whales that are that are still alive today that were alive during the time when they were hunted. Um, and wow. they, you know, they travel from like Baja up to like the West Coast. Like they can go all the way up to BC. Um, but when they get down to Baja, they're very friendly. Like there's actually expeditions that are led where people are like touching these whales, but they're going through the same waters that that they were once killed in. But it seems as though like obviously we don't have any scientific evidence for this, but as though they've forgiven people and they've been able to like. Mm-hmm. kind of move forward and like build a relationship with people despite the fact of like literally them you know trying to kill them so right think about think about the history of whaling mm-hmm. in our in our world that could be very much in their dna because mm-hmm. we hunted them mm-hmm. and yet they come to our boats mm-hmm. you know like that doesn't you know how would that make sense from an instinctual perspective oh it doesn't like logically that makes no sense like you know from a survival based standpoint it makes no sense so like you know that could be an indication of a a different level of consciousness potentially like as long as we're assuming that some of these whales are still alive um Mm -hmm. but you know we do kind of assume that certain whales pass down information just because like with the orcas they're the they have the matriarchal society and the the grandmas go into menopause and like, you know, what benefit do they have at that point other than to disseminate information? So I, you know, it's really interesting that you're saying that, you know, we're in more of a feminine period because the, the orcas are there. It's a matriarchal society and they seem to be functioning very well. And the whales all seem to, they're all very resilient for being such specialized animals. Like they're specialized feeders. They're so resilient. (laughs) Yeah, and I would agree that whole matriarchal quality is another way they can help role model to us how mm-hmm. to embrace more of that feminine way. I would say, like a feminine, the feminine principle, um, you know, leading by example for, you know, to use as an example, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things. So they can role model. And for us, it's not necessarily about just being on the feminine. Of course, we're embracing both masculine and feminine. But because we've rejected the feminine, it really needs its place. So, yeah, I think that is, that is another important role that they why they can help us so much during this time. Given that the coronavirus is going on and there's less people in the water, less toxins, all that stuff. Do you think the whales can feel that? What do you think they're going through right now? 
Yeah, I actually think that because we're, we've been forced to stay inside for a while and we're not heavily populating the earth the way we normally are outside, it's kind of giving a chance for a lot of places to be reset. You mm-hmm. know, um, we're even seeing this on Facebook and on Google of areas of the earth that, you know, kind of looked like it was dying away or not doing well, coming back to life because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of people in that area right now. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like the earth's getting a nice reset and I would say the waters too especially if there's not a lot of ships and when we were you know you and I were just talking Erica about noise pollution for the Mm -hmm. whales and dolphins I definitely think that has an impact and so now that that's decreased they're probably feeling really good like they've got a reset for sure Mm -hmm. I think it's giving the earth and all of the animals particularly the wild a nice reset to get back into balance Mm -hmm. and then to get us the time to think about all right, what do, how do we want to navigate this? Obviously, we want to be back outdoors again, but how can we do it differently? So, yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, I hope that this people place a higher value on the environment now that they've been away from it. But, yeah, I hope and that animals see. definitely get a, get a good reset. But also, I, I'm hopeful that in those areas, because I know, like, L.A., like, apparently there was a bunch of smog, and that's essentially disappeared since. Yes. And I'm, yes. I'm hoping, like, because so many people, there's still so many people in, like, those square states that argue that, you know, we, um, like, we're not, we don't impact the environment. And, like, clearly we do. If, if this is what happens for the world being shut down for three weeks... And yes. a lot of people want to argue that, like, little impacts aren't enough or whatever. But if we if we all, you know, do a little bit of something and then actively work towards making those bigger changes, obviously things are going to change. Obviously we have an impact on the environment, and, like, hopefully now people can see that. Well, yeah, because now it's, it's evident. We can see it. Mm-hmm. We, you know, before we'd say, oh, may, maybe that would matter. But mm-hmm. now we have proof that it does. Yeah. We have. I mean, yeah, there's visuals because like a lot of people don't listen to the science, you know, sometimes. And so now like they can see that and then confirm with people that live in those communities that that's actually what's going on. And then we can think about, well, how will we do, what are we going to do next with the pollution issue? You know, Mm -hmm. the plastics and toxins. Like I know golf courses tends to dump a lot of their stuff into the water too. So -hmm. that'll be an issue that we can start thinking about next. Mm -hmm. Okay, we look, you know, and we're not heavily populating or maybe we need to be aware of how how much is in one area or how how we navigate in certain areas of the earth then they can help us come to more conclusions about how things can go differently. So yeah, for sure. It's open up a lot of uh, things to reflect on. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Yes. So for those of you that are at home and you're bored, you could take some time to reflect and maybe start a conversation (laughs) with somebody else. So awesome. That's how the genius comes in. Absolutely. Things spirituality can play in conservation. Oh, yeah. Conservation. Yeah. Saving resources. Mm -hmm. Well, again, I think of the heart centered unity consciousness, Mm -hmm. which, you know, when you think of spirituality, it's it's a pretty broad topic. You could Mm -hmm. go in a lot of different directions. (laughs) But I always think of it right now as it applies to our world that we're we're raising our consciousness and shifting into a higher dimension. So it really is about being more heart centered and unity focused. And what that means is everyone and everything matters Mm -hmm. and we're recognizing that that affects the greater whole Mm -hmm. so we don't just want to think of ourselves we want to think about other people so or other animals everyone Mm -hmm. so if we do that 
we would think about conservation. That mm-hmm. would be important because we wouldn't just say, oh, I just want to make sure I have enough and mm-hmm. I don't care if there's enough left for everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> or who cares as long as humans are okay, but it doesn't matter with the, what happens with the animals. Right. Well, hey, you know what? <laughs> the Earth's helping give us food. You know, we have to make sure that's going to continue. And the animals are part of that. They help, especially the sea life and everything that happens in the seas that helps us thrive as well. So we we're realizing the interconnection between all of these levels. And that to me is very spiritual. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think as humans in our past, we've been very selfish and very, mm-hmm. just very mental, you know, how can we, how can we survive as individuals? And that's, that's not going to work anymore. Mm-hmm. We, we know we have to come together more. Yeah. And that's just our humans. It's everyone. Yeah, I totally agree. I think people are starting to get there. And I'm kind of hoping through this virus, since people are kind of only allowed to go on walks, that they'll remember what it's like to be in nature. Um, But, you know, really value it. (laughs) Yeah, because it definitely needs to, to be valued and cherished. And we need to, like, continue that relationship. But you know, I think you're right. It shouldn't be all about us. And, you know, I, I was raised Catholic and I, um, also like had dabbled in Christianity in high school and those weren't really good fits for me, but, you know, I was always surprised to see that people weren't prioritizing the environment with the story of like Joan of Arc. But I feel like when we look at, you know, different religions, the story of nature is in there. And those are, you know, I think it's so important to consider those when making environmental decisions because so many, most people have some kind of spiritual or religious background. Most people don't come from science. And so this is a language I think that scientists need to learn to speak because we're just furthering the divide. And like, we're not like, we need everybody. Like you said, it's a community. Like we need everybody on board. And so like, you got to find a way to connect to people, however you're going to connect to them, you know? Um, well, another another example I just want to throw out there of mm-hmm. science and spirituality, well, just kind of something that really um, struck me mm-hmm. is, um, you know, I, I go to some of the whale meetings here in Monterey. Mm-hmm. I've gone to listen to some of the science, which is very interesting. And they were talking at the last one about the sounds that mm-hmm. the whales make and how they track the sound, their sounds. And they call it singing, mm-hmm. you know, the whales singing in order to determine how they're doing physically and emotionally and, and just to see what, what they might need or how they could be helped. And I think I thought it was amazing. I could hear, you know, the beautiful sounds they were making. They had the recordings, Mm -hmm. but also for me as a, as a energy healer, my, my first intuition was, wow, this is also part of how they help heal. Their sound is, is a healing vibration that goes through the waters throughout the oceans and they even have a pattern. The scientists were able to track patterns of where they sing and when and how. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed. I was like, wow, this is, you know, it's happening. That's their healing process. You could say, I call it like grid workers. Mm-hmm. They're working the ocean, helping to activate and open up energy throughout the ocean and the earth that makes for the evolutionary process that we're in. And that not only benefits the earth, it benefits all of us. Yeah. So that's an example, another example of how they heal, but see how that scientific part is so important. And yet the spiritual part that I was picking up is important too. Yeah. I mean, it paints, it helps to bring the full picture together. And I, I feel like when we discount spirituality or we discount things that we can't explain, like that's, it's very unfair just because we don't have the tools to, scientifically definitively determine if it exists or not doesn't mean it does or doesn't in my opinion and I think we have to give weight to 
to everything and like in a sense like be open to any possibility because there's so much we don't know um but you know that is interesting that you you feel that the whales are healing through sound because so many people heal through music you know yes um and so that's you know it's cool that they have that in common with us as well um but so many people like there's you know we've been we've talked a lot on this podcast like me and my um other podcast partner and with just different people we've interviewed about the difference between human and animals and like i can't i'm struggling to find the definitive thing that makes because like you know we look at creativity we look at social groups like even if it's not like in every single species there's we have like the any sort of argument that you make there's some species out there that can do whatever you're saying is only human right so right yeah, and it really is just different bodies, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I think... But, yeah, there's so many things in common. That's the, that's the great part. Yes. And when you take the time to sit and look, you know, um, and, like, observe and be with an animal, you can kind of see that more. But I think culturally we've just been taught to devalue animals, and I'm, I'm seeing kind of a shift in that, and I'm hoping that that trend kind of continues. Um, but you know, there's, there's so much that animals have to teach us and vice versa, you know? Um, I think those are all the questions that I have. Is there anything else you wanted to add or anything else you feel is important? Well, I think just closing with, yeah, you know, actually I think a lot of people care for animals Mm -hmm. and have had an animal that's really made a difference in their life at some point for for many people, I would Mm -hmm. say. And I think they actually are helping us to have more compassion and unconditional love for our fellow humans, because sometimes we're harder even on our own species than we are a a loving being that is unconditional, which usually is the way that animals can Mm -hmm. be, like our cats and dogs. They love us no matter what. You know, they don't reject us because we decide one day we're not good enough for them or, you know, whatever. Exactly. So in some ways, I just think that's another quality that is so magical, whether it's the whales, the dolphins, any animals, horses, our animals at home, that they are very unconditional and they don't have judgment the way mm-hmm. we do and so they're really teaching us how we can do the same with with everyone we come in contact in our world and our own human in our own humanity and and how we're shifting that so I just think that's an important piece to take away as well we forget that yeah. simplicity absolutely yeah I mean compassion is important and like you know we're all in this together and if that's not the theme of the entire world right now I don't know what is yeah Um, right so hopefully people will learn to include animals in that and like you know hopefully when people are getting outside they can pay attention to the birds and whatnot but yeah yeah. well I really appreciate your time thank you so much for sharing what you have to say thank you and yeah my book's called for the love of horses and you can find it on Amazon Awesome. I'll put a link in our bio, too, so that way people can find it. Thank you so much, and thanks again for having me, Erica. Yes, of course.